Well, I am uh, doing a single teaching today. At least I think it's a single teaching. Maybe it'll go into more. I'll ask the Lord. But um, I don't know. I'm going to ask you a question. And just raise your hand if this has been, the Holy Spirit's been provoking you. But has any of you had that still small voice, like God's speaking to you, that God's calling you to a fast and prayer? Raise your hands. Okay, look at this room. So this is a word from God because I have felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit about going into a fast. And so I'm gonna, I was going to be doing one personally. And as I was walking and praying this week because I was going to start a different series today. But the Lord just prompted so deep in my heart to really challenge the church to go into fasting and prayer. For many things, I think we need to be praying over our nation over our country, amen. We need a shift of God, a morality back into our country like never before. And I'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. But um, I believe that there's some spiritual shifts that God wants for your life. And I'm talking about those places that maybe you've been kind of just stuck in a rut where you're not getting the breakthrough. You're believing God for some things. You feel like you're doing the right things, but you're not having that breakthrough that you need to have. And that means that there's a spiritual thing taking place. So if you've been doing certain things in the word of God, sometimes we'll learn in the word of God, God calls us to a fast to break the power of the enemy. So I'm believing God that as I share with you today, that the Holy Spirit's going to give you just a true revelation and also a provoking to have a fast come into your life. And I would say as soon as tomorrow, ask the Lord, what kind of fast should you be taking? Whether it's a, you know, noon to midnight to noon fast or um, whether it be a sweet fast or maybe there's an entire day fast. You just ask the Holy Spirit what you're supposed to fast. But we want something to fast that your flesh is going to feel. Not just something you can go without. Well, I'll fast that. No, you know you could go without that. I believe God wants us to kill the flesh right now. There's a spiritual warfare coming against what God has in your life. I believe in the church community. I believe over this church, over North Phoenix, Arizona. And there are some things that happen in the unseen realm when you fast and pray. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So husbands and wives, talk to each other. What are the things that you want to fast together and, and believe God for some changes in your life? You know, if you're single, you don't have to do it together as a couple, whatever you want to do. But just ask the Lord. Because I believe as we initiate by faith this principle of fasting, you're going to see some breakthroughs begin to happen in your life. How many are ready for that? I have a story that I found online. It says uh, it was a bar called Drummond's in Mount Vernon, Texas. This is a true story. Began construction on an expansion of their building, hoping to grow their business. In response, the local Southern Baptist Church started a campaign to block the bar from expanding petitions, fastings, and prayer, etc., about a week before the bar's grand opening, a bolt of lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. <laughs> Don't mess with praying Christians. Afterwards, the church folks were rather smug and bragging about the power of prayer and fasting. The angry bar owner heard about it and eventually sued the church on the grounds that the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of his building through direct action and indirect means. Of course, the church vehemently denied all responsibility or any connection to the building's demise. 
The judge read carefully through the plaintiff's complaint and the defendant's reply. He then opened the hearing by saying, I don't know how I'm going to decide on this, but it appears from the paperwork that what we have here is a bar owner who now believes in the power of prayer and fasting <laughs> and an entire church congregation that does not. <laughs> True story. How many believe there's still power in prayer and fasting? Amen. The church still has the power of God to break the powers of the enemy. So my message is called, What Happens in the Unseen World When You Fast and Pray? It's not just about going without food. It's not just about crucifying the flesh, which is the part of it. But it's about opening up in the unseen realm and seeing the power of God begin to move, shift demons out of your life, shift opticals out of your life. Maybe there's a resistance that you're just not getting getting the breakthrough, how many of you could say today God has given you some things that he said over your life? You have a word from God. You have a direction from God. But there's been like a resistance of the enemy just trying to stop it. Prayer, will, prayer and fasting will break that. Prayer and fasting will break the powers of the unseen realm. Amen. So we're going to need to pull on the Holy Spirit in this season and say, I'm going to be willing to crucify my flesh and fast by the drawing of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. If the Muslims believe in 40 days of prayer and fasting during Ramadan and they pray five times a day, how much more the church of Jesus Christ should pray and fast? If the Hindus and the Buddhists believe in prayer and fasting, how much more the church of Jesus Christ should be in prayer and fasting? It is not a far-gone far thing. It shouldn't be on the back burner of our life. It should be in the forefront of our life. Now, I'm not talking about intermediate fasting where you're trying to get your health together. I'm talking about fasting a spiritual principle of the word of God. You're being very intentional. This fast is set apart to break the resistance of the enemy in any area of my life. Whether it's my marriage, whether it's my finances, whether it's my children that aren't serving God. And this government and the world that we're living in today. We need a manifestation of the Holy Spirit on this earth like never before. Amen. So we need to rise up as the church of Jesus Christ and believe what the word of God says about fasting and prayer. And whenever I enter into a fast, I've learned this. I had a teacher teach me many years ago. I will get up in the morning and I declare my fast. Okay, this, this day is given to the Lord. I declare the fast, whatever it is. And then I say this, God, give me the grace to finish the, the fast. Because you need God's grace to finish. Every time I do that, I step into like this amazing grace ability to do what God's asking me to do. So whatever God's asking you to do, don't just dismiss it. Say, no, Holy Spirit, if he's calling us to fast, there's something he wants to break free into our lives or into our family's life. Amen. Jesus did it for 40 days. He showed a perfect example of what fasting looks like. Moses and Elijah did it for 40 days. Daniel, we learned, did it for 21 days. Paul did it for 10 days, a 14-day, a 7-day fast. You see that the church, um, the early church, they fasted and prayed continually. Amen. There's a holiday called the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, where they fast once a year for their sins. So at least everyone at some point was fasting and crucifying their flesh. So the Bible says in Matthew 6.13, not if you're going to fast, but Matthew 6.16 says when you fast. 
So God is calling us that there are seasons in our life where he wants us to fast. He wants us to crucify our flesh. Not every season is calling for a fast. But it's the seasons where you feel there's an assignment from God for your life that it's going to take prayer and fasting to get the breakthrough that you need in your life. You can't keep doing the same thing you've always been doing. The Holy Spirit is charging you for a reason, amen, because there's some strongholds that need to be broken in your life. So if you are a believer, you will be called to a fast. And isn't it like the quickest thing that we tune out? Like we just get that whistle on... We just don't want to hear the Holy Spirit tell us to fast, do we? But the more you get a revelation of what happens when you fast, you will say, God, I cannot wait to fast. I cannot wait to crucify my flesh because God's going to have something happen in the unseen world. Amen. We're going to look in uh, ex Exodus chapter 17 here in just a second. But my number one point this morning is this. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. There is a physical obedience God asks in our life, and through that physical obedience, it releases a spiritual, supernatural move in your life. Sometimes this supernatural release does not happen until you do something physically. Amen? And we're going to learn that in the Word. So let's look at the story of Moses and the Amalekites, right? God had called Moses and the children of Israel to defeat the Amalekites, but he gave Moses this word. He said in Exodus 17, 11, and so it was when Moses held up his hands, see that? That's a physical obedience when you hold up your hands that Israel will win the battle. But when you let down your hands, Amalek will prevail. See, there was a physical obedience that he had to keep his hands lifted. As long as his hands were lifted in obedience to what God said, told him to do, it was a physical command. See, when God's calling you to fast, it's an obedient to what God is saying, and it's a physical command. How many would rather have it a supernatural way? We all would. But there's a physical obedience. God is saying, I want you to do this thing. So what he did with his body and the place of his stature was a physical submission to what God had to say. And when he was in obedience, he won the battle, right? But Moses, we know his hands grew tired and they grew fatigued and his hands began to come down. How many of us in our battles that we're fighting were tired? We've we're kind of grown weary of believing God for some great things. God has said some great things. God has spoken so many incredible things in my life and just not seeing the manifestation of it. And that's why I'm like, it's time for some fasting. It's time to let this physical obedience to the Holy Spirit drawing me so that the unseen can begin to be moved by the Spirit of God. And so we get weary, and that's where Aaron and her came up. They lifted up Moses' arms and they helped him lift up his arms and he began to win the battle again. As long as he had physical obedience, listen, he had victory over the enemy. As long as he had physical obedience, he had authority in the unseen realm. See, there's just some things that's going to require prayer and fasting. It's not going to be just supernatural because you need that supernatural of the unseen realm to happen in your life. Amen. There's a connection from what we do physically to what happens spiritually. That's why God says to fast or it wouldn't be in the word of God, would it? Angels were released as soon as he was in that physical obedience and stature obeying God. Angels were released, were released into that battle when he raised his hands. 
So you have to see, and we don't talk enough about angels, and I have a whole series, and I would like to bring that to us. But there's a supernatural realm that is working on your behalf when you're obeying God. There are angels at work in your life when you are obeying God. So it's not just, man, I'm hungry. When is midnight going to come or noon going to come? You have to see in the spiritual that the moment you obey God in this drawing of crucifying the flesh, angels are released on your behalf. Are you guys excited about that? Come on. Angels are fighting the battle for you. Angels are fighting your children. Angels are making way for favor. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a supernatural God. But God sometimes says, I want you to crucify that flesh. Get yourself out of the way. Get the negative thinking out of the way. Get this mouth that talks negative and silence that thing so that angels can move on behalf and work miracles in your life. That's the supernatural. I don't need one plus one in this season. I need one times a million, God. I need some miracle working power in my life. And when you fast, that's what you're unleashing in the supernatural world. God says, you don't fight the battle. I fight the battle for you. And when, you, when you're fasting, you're saying, I'm getting out of the way, God. I'm taking my hands off the wheel. I am not in charge of my children. Holy Spirit, sick them. Go get him, Holy Spirit. Pshoom, he'll be on an assignment because your words are full of faith and you got out of the flesh and you're letting the angels of God begin to work on your kids' behalf. Listen, God can do more with the spirit of God and angels than you can do in five minutes of complaining about it. It's time to let the supernatural take over in your life, amen. Angels were released into the battle, and God's released into your battle. When your hands are up, you're winning, thank you, Jesus. Why? Why was he winning? Because God told him to do it. See, it's not a formula. No, God says to fast and pray. It's the word of God. Why does it work? Because God told you to do it. And when God tells you to do something, he is on your side. And there's a reason why he's trying to get you to fast. You may not see why, and that's probably why you need to fast. Because you can't see where God is. You can't see where the enemy is coming in. You can't see the place of victory. But the moment you start crucifying the flesh, you begin to see as God sees. Your spirit begins to discern the things of the spirit. All of a sudden you're connected to kingdom and not to the flesh. I'm connected and seeing what God sees and what the word sees and not what my flesh sees. Amen. And you begin to die, you begin to die to that flesh and those emotions and that stinking thinking that we talked about for three weeks in a row. When he put the hands down, angels would withdraw from the battle and they begin to lose. See, there's something supernatural when you are fasting. Angels are released. Keep obeying God. It's not just the works. It's not about works. It's a supernatural principle that when God is calling you, he's wanting to release something into your life. And we can turn a deaf ear or we can submit to the Holy Spirit. I know I'm submitting in this season. Amen. So let's look at some more scripture. Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to provide service? What are ministering spirits? The angels sent out to provide a service for you. For the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Listen, angels are on assignment for your life. They're, they're seeking the will of God. They're doing battle in your, in your life. Hebrews 1.7 says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. You know, I've always asked the Lord, God, open up the supernatural realm. I'd love to see it. And then a part of me goes, no, I'm, I'm afraid to see it. 
Because can you imagine seeing those fiery flames of angels just standing in this room, standing in your home, watching guard over your children? If you could just see the supernatural realm and what it looks like, we would be more than willing to step back and let God do what he needs to do. Amen? So angels would be dispatched in this situation. Moses obeys what God tells him to do. There's the physical act with his body. Let's look at 1 Timothy 2.8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. See, when God calls you for that act of service from your body, a physical submission to what he's asking, he's saying do it without wrath and without doubting. And what happens when we're called to a fast? We begin to doubt. That word doubt means we call into the question of the truth of it. Does it really work? I mean, what's really happening, right? I don't really lack a, a confidence in this no eating thing. So doubt begins to come in our minds and we get angry and we get frustrated. But I promise you, when you're fasting and you start feeling some emotions of anger or frustration or whatever it is, that's the very thing the Holy Spirit's trying to get a hold of. Because when you're fasting, all of the garbage starts just spewing right out of your mouth. You'll start feeling all of the emotions that God says, that's the thing I want you to get out of your life. And you aren't going to recognize it until you obey the physical call to fast. All of a sudden, your flesh will be squeezed. What happens to a tube of toothpaste when you squeeze it? What's in it is coming out of it. So I always say, pay attention when you're fasting. Don't get frustrated by it. Go, oh, I have some anger issues here. I have some unforgiveness issue. That's blocking. That's doubting what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in the very situation I'm believing him for. So reckon, I write those things down in a journal. I pay attention to what's coming out of my heart or out of my mouth. And he says, do it without, without um, doubting. Don't say, well, what good does it do? Don't question when God tells you to do something physically. Just don't question it. Step out by faith and obey God, amen. We don't want to argue with God, do we? Because <laughs> God knows what he's doing. We think, well, I don't have to do that. God's in control. God's word is yes and amen. Not when it comes to fasting. Because it's the word of God. It's the principle of God's word. And if he's asking it of us, we have to obey him in it, amen. So if raising my hands brings victory in the old covenant, how much more will fasting and prayer do under the new covenant that we have in Jesus Christ? So much power in that, right? Like I said earlier, Jesus did 40 days of prayer and fasting. He showed the example of fasting. Thank you, Jesus. It's good if God tells us to do it. And the thing is, fasting is not based on our feelings. And we can default many times in our Christian walk, well, I feel okay. Well, I feel pretty good. I don't really need to fast. It's not so bad. I don't really need to worship God. I'm feeling kind of good. And we're basing all of these things on feeling when the Holy, His, Holy Spirit is telling us something different. And he's saying you keep responding to your feelings of, oh, well, just dismissing it. And you're never seeing the outward miracle that you need to see. Because it's not based on feelings. It's based on the supernatural, amen. You can talk yourself out of a fast quicker than anything. I wish I could talk myself out of McDonald's quickly as I could talk myself out of a fast. 
I mean, we can quickly just, just justify why we shouldn't do the fast. When God is saying, no, I need you in this season. I need you to trust me. Otherwise, you'll never get that outward manifestation that you are desiring in your life. I don't care how many prophetic words you have. And listen, if you have a prophetic word, you can guarantee the enemy is fighting you on it. If God gave you a word and he gave you a promise, he's going to be just like this. And he's going to watch you just spin your, like a little kid, spin your wheels. And knowing you got the power to fast, to break the weapons of the enemy off of your family and off of this city and off of our nation. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes God asks of his people a physical act of obedience before he releases a spiritual reward. Number two, fasting is one of those acts of obedience. Fasting is one of those acts of obedience to receive the spiritual reward that you're wanting desperately from the Lord. When you are obedient in fasting, it releases power of God. It releases the favor of God. It releases help into your situations. It releases protection into your life and into your family's life. Fasting releases healing according to the word of God. It releases miracles and blessings, amen. Although we don't worship angels, we don't ignore their presence to release miracles into our life. Have you ever heard that saying, new level, new devil? Going to a new level, new devil. Well, the devil knew who I was when I was on the lower level. So I'm really not going to give him that much glory. Amen. I'm going to say new level, more power of angels in my life. More powers of the Holy Spirit that are protecting me. The higher I go, God is with me wherever I go. I've got angels protecting me on the north, south, east, and west. God is with me when I come and he's with me when I go. Devil does not have that much power over my life. Amen. I say we pull on the power of God. There is angelic participation in the assignments God has given you. It's powerful. Psalms 91.11 says this, he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all of your ways. We don't worship angels, amen, but we recognize their presence in our life. See the angels over your children. See the angels over your job, protecting your job, protecting your family members because they are there. In 2 Kings, we don't have time to go into the whole story because I want to get into more scripture here in a minute. But Elisha and the servant were being surrounded by the Assyrians and they had no one with them. And the Assyrians uh, got around them on all sides. They looked in the mountaintop and the servant became terrified because they knew they were going to be destroyed. But see, Elisha knew God in a supernatural way. He knew that there was more with them than what they see, but what all they saw in the natural was the enemy. So you may look in your life and see the enemy and you may see defeat and you may see discouragement and you may see this world going to, you know, hell in a handbasket, if I can say that correctly. But God says there's more angels, there's more of my spirit here on earth than is the enemy against you. But you have to open up your eyes and see as God sees. You have to see the spiritual and not what you see in the, in the natural. And so God, Elijah prayed to God and said, God, open up his eyes that he may see. Not see in the natural. Open up his eyes that he may see you and that you are with us. And it said when the servant looked, he opened up his eyes. He saw the Bible says those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's the unseen world. And when you are fasting, that is what you are releasing. That's the faith that you need to see. That there are more for you than there are against you. 
Because God is for you, amen. So the Lord opened up his eyes and the servant saw chariots of horses everywhere and fire surrounding them. That's the, that's the unseen realm that we don't really pay attention to in our Christian walk. We have forgotten that there's a supernatural realm that we can step into. And when we get into that realm, you'll begin to see supernatural miracles in your life. Because you'll see that God is for you. And one thing I loved about this story is he didn't just open up his eyes and see. God took him into another dimension. See, when you fast, you go into another dimension. You only see what God sees when you enter into that dimension. Dimension, yeah. Not dimension. Dimension. Enter into that dimension. And that's where you get your rhema faith. Nobody can take it from you. Because you may not see the chariots of fire, but I saw them. God showed me that he is on my side. Amen. We need that revelation of what God is doing in our life and on this earth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God's protection is around every one of you. God's protection is around your children. God's protection is around your job, around this church, around this North Phoenix, against the whole valley. His protection of angels are here. So let's take a look scripturally. Let's get into Daniel because that was kind of all my foundation. Daniel 10. I tried to put a lot in one lesson just in case you don't come back next week. <laughs> Daniel 10 verse 2 says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. What was happening? He was mourning for his people. He was sad for what was going on. There's things that you're mourning over. You're, what, what, the prophecy, the worry, those things that are troubling your heart. heart. And in verse 3 it says, I ate no pleasant food. What did he do? He fasted. He fasted things that were good to him. Things that he loved, things that he enjoyed. He said, but I'm more worried about what I'm struggling with than the pleasantry of my flesh. So we got to get to a place with what I'm happening, the tragedies in my life and the frustration that's going on. I have to be willing to say, I will die to my flesh that's more important than what I want to satisfy my flesh with. Said he ate no meat or wine came into his mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And we learn in chapter 1 what he abstained, he abstained from. In verse 10 it says this, suddenly during his fast, during crucifying the pleasantry and the things that he loves and, and that he enjoys, he put them down. He said, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees. See, there's an experience you get with fasting that is supernatural with God. And it's intimate and it will shake you. It will shake the core of who you are. It will remove that trouble and that worry that you're facing. It will break the weapons of the devil that's withholding God's blessings in your life. Suddenly I was trembling on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And look at verse 11. Then he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. Do you see, because of his obedience, because he was willing to say, I'm going to crucify my flesh and I'm going to take away the things that are pleasant to me. God said, I saw you and I call you greatly beloved. There was a favor of God that was released into Daniel's life because he was obedient in the fast. He said, I understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Now I want us to look at two parts of the scripture. In verse 3 where it says he ate no pleasant food, right, the things that were good, the things that he enjoyed. He said, I'm not going to do those things. 
And then you look at the word where, where God said, Daniel, man greatly beloved. That word, greatly beloved, translates the same thing as desirable, pleasant. So the very thing that he sacrificed of the flesh, God called Daniel that very thing. He called him pleasant. He called him blessed. See, when you crucify the things that, that you think you need, God will rise up and give you what you really need. By his spirit. He said, you are pleasant to me. You are desirable to me. You've caught my attention, Daniel. Why? Because you've crucified the flesh. You've been obedient. And even though you've got the worries and the troubles, but you laid it down at my feet. And now I can come in, amen. God's love is 100%. You can never take away God's love. It's 24-7. There's nothing you can do for it. There's nothing you can earn it. He's not going to love you less. He's not going to love you more than he ever could because he is love, right? But there is a difference between God's love and his favor. Favor comes through fasting. Favor of God comes through fasting from the heart of God. It's a supernatural blessing. I don't have time to go into all of that. But favor is a gift from God. And it begins to rise up in your life as you, as you steward obedience in fasting and prayer. Daniel is feeling the weight and desperation of his family. And he said, I will push away from the table. And I will do something more desirable than food. And that is seek God. Some of us have to push away from the table. He's calling us to step away from the table because there are things he wants to speak to you. So many of us are running on the motors of 2020 still. We're running on the residue and what remained on us and how the society said we should live and believe and, and stole away from us. We're still living on that experience. God says push away from the table because I have great things in store for you. I have great things and dreams and visions and desires. They will be fulfilled. But you're still living off the old emotion instead of seeing what I'm doing in the spirit. See, I don't wring my hands about the world. I don't wring my hands about anything. I'm not worried about anything because I know God. And I know his word. And I push myself away from the table and say, God, whatever flesh is there, go ahead and kill it. So that I can hear what you have to say in this season. And you break the power of the enemy, which is ultimately what you want to do. Amen. He said, 21 days, I'm going to seek the Lord. He was intentional about this fast and whatever it is. Daniel didn't say, what good does it do? Daniel didn't say, what does it matter what I do physically? God will do what he wants anyway. He didn't say that. He responded with obedience to God. Unusual increase of favor hit his life. Amen. The less of you, the more of him. The less of you, the more of him. The more that you just say, God, have your way, and I'm kind of feeling this, and I don't like it, and I don't like not having the pleasures of my flesh, the more you're allowing God to just come in and overflow into your life. You don't have to do it. That's the beauty of God. He gives you a free will. You don't have to obey him. You don't have to say yes to his calling. He'll still love you. You're still saved. There, nothing changes in your relationship with God, but it's a divine challenge from God. That's why he's whispering in our ear to fast. He's calling us to a divine challenge to crucify our flesh. Why? Because you're in a strategic moment in your life. And that strategy has to be designed by the Holy Spirit with you getting out of the way. 
I look back at my life and strategic moments where I obeyed fasting, God changed my whole life. Turned my life around. Blessings and favor. Opened up doors and opportunities. No time to go into it all. Where there was resistance, it was broken and I walked into divine favor. That's where I believe this church is at. I believe like we're teetering on this supernatural revival that's about to hit our church. We are teetering on it. I'm like, I'm going to push away from the table, God. Because I want what you see, God. I want what you have. And the devil has no power and authority to stop what God is going to do in this church. And in your families and in your lives and in your children and your blessings, amen. But God is calling a divine challenge for a strategic moment in your life. Number three, fasting is a physical response recognized by heaven. It's recognized by heaven. It's spiritual when you fast. There's a physical response to the presence of God. Lepers fell to their knees when they were healed by Jesus and said, had mercy on me. There was a physical response recognized by heaven. David, when God hit him, he went dancing and leaping before the Ark of the Covenant. There's something physical that happens when God begins to touch our life. Amen. The Bible says in Psalms, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. God watches over what you do. There's a physical response that heaven gets attention for. It says in Romans 12, 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You're a living sacrifice when you're fasting, when you're not eating that food, when you're setting that time aside to talk and pray to God. Your flesh doesn't like it. It resists the things of God. But the unseen realm begins to wake up. The spirit of God begins to move in that unseen realm when you're obeying God. Amen. And when you are a living sacrifice, it means you feel it when you are on that altar. You're not dead. No, you're living your flesh is dying, but once you break through that first day, that first day of obedience, and you don't have to start big, start small. Let that be your win, and then just do another one, and do another one. All of a sudden, you're going to be contagious with crucifying your flesh to see the reward from heaven. Amen? Number four, fasting is partnering with God. Do you know God wants to partner with you in this fast? He wants to come alongside of you. There are certain seasons of our life that he calls us to fast, to partner with us. I'm going to read out of, uh, let me get my verse here. I'm going to kind of skip forward here. Matthew 17, if you can pull that verse up, I'm going to jump down a little bit. In Matthew 17, it says this in verse 7. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. What's happening? The, the boy wanted to be healed and they couldn't cast the spirit out and they were struggling. And, and so they came to Jesus and Ch Jesus cast the demon out of the boy. And Jesus said to them, you faithless and perverse generation. Why aren't things working? Two reasons Jesus gave them. Number one, you're faithless. There's too much unbelief inside of your heart. There's too much of the world inside of our thinking that unbelief means disconnected from God and the word. Away from praise and worship. Away from the presence of God. When you are in unbelief, there's a disconnect from the spiritual world. It's when you disconnect from God and disbelief takes over. That's where fear comes in. That's where anxiety comes in. That's where hopelessness and despair comes in. You have to recognize in unbelief you are disconnected from the supernatural world. It's unbelief. Faithlessness is this. You're not connected to God. 
And you have to be aware of that. I am not connected to what God has to say, right? What was the second thing he said? Perverse generation. Perverse means you're too connected to the world. That means I'm not connected to God and I'm too connected to the world. I'm worried about the lust of my flesh, fulfilling my flesh. I have the pride in my, in my life, the lust of my eyes. I'm picking up those things that God set me free from. I'm walking in compromise. I'm living the way of the world instead of being connected to the spiritual world. And he goes on in verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Verse 20, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say, if you have faith as a mustard seed, what happens when you're fasting? Faith comes up inside of your heart. And you know what it is? It's pure faith. It's the faith of heaven. It's that mustard seed pure faith that you connect yourself to. So if you have a demonic control in your life that's limiting, it breaks that in your life. It's, it's pure faith when you come into God. If you have no breakthrough, that faith gives you that breakthrough. If there's sickness remaining in your life and there's tragedies, you need that supernatural breakthrough. So what did he go on to say? He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and get over there. That's what happens. And he goes on to say, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. This kind does not go out except by... Prayer and fasting. See, there are some things you're not going to have this mountain-moving power until you get into prayer and fasting. It moves the mountain. All I got to do is say, get out the way. Get out the way. I don't even know that's a song. It should be a song. Y'all should write a song about that. That mountain move, get out the way. I know I'm not a musician at all. But that's pure faith. See, why couldn't they do it? Because they weren't connected to God. They were more connected to the flesh than they were the spirit of God. So how do we fix it? Jesus gave us the answer. Number one, prayer connects you to God. Prayer connects you back to God. Fasting disconnects you from the world. Isn't that good? (laughs) Faithlessness, I'm not connected to God. Perverse, I'm connected to the world. But when I'm in fat prayer, I'm connected back to God. When I'm fasting, it disconnects the world. Now all of that flesh, now I have dominion, I have power, I have authority. Every place the enemy said, you can't win, now he's under my feet. Every place where I couldn't have favor, now I'm walking in favor. Every place where the enemy was saying, you're not going to be blessed, you're not going to walk in what God has, now I'm going to walk in the fruit of what God said in my life. Why? Because I'm connected back to God. And now I'm disconnected to what the world has to say about the situation. Amen. You have dominion and power over all the works of the enemy. Say amen. 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 Listen, if your fast doesn't move you, it may not move God. That's just, just saying. Daniel 10 verse 11. Let's wrap this up. Let's go back to the story. Daniel 10 verse 11. No, verse 12. I'm sorry. Then he said to me. Do not fear, Daniel, listen to this, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. The first day that you fast. The first day that you said, God, I'm going to crucify my 
crucify my flesh, humbling yourself. Your words were heard, and I came because of your words. And you could flip the script. What are the negative words coming out of our mouth? Maybe some of us need to fast for those negative words that keep coming, negative thinking that we've been talking about. Look at verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. See, the enemy will withstand what God is trying to do in your life. He said, this prince withstood me for 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. That warring angel showed up. See, there's three angels in the Bible. One is Lucifer. We know he failed. One is Gabriel. Bible says he brings messages. Michael came as reinforcement. Michael came as the roaring angel to break through every resistance of the enemy to bring to Daniel what he was praying about from the first day he opened up his mouth to pray. Prayers that have been held up, you're going to have the breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. How many times have we prayed and the answer was sent, but it was stopped and held up by demonic forces? So many of you have some prayers that need to have some finished breakthrough. They've been stopped by the demonic realm from reaching your life. Some of your heart's desires, your children serving God, whatever it is, there's a spiritual breakthrough that needs to happen because of your fasting and prayers. In Luke eleven twenty, it says this, but I, God, cast out demon with the finger of God. Surely the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to increase favor in your life, Amen. God wants to give you the breakthrough that you need in your life. And I believe through our obedience of prayer and fasting, that's going to happen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for this challenge, Holy Spirit, that you've already been calling us to this fast. You've already been challenging us, Lord, to crucify our flesh. And God, I pray that this week we will hear your assignment and we will obey God. We'll be willing to die to ourselves to hear the assignment that you have. And that God, as we fast, we just come into agreement with your word that you are moving in the unseen realm. That you are breaking strongholds. You are breaking, Father God, anger and fear. And you're going to restore marriages. And you're going to bring children back to serving you. And you're going to outpour on the church, God, the big church of Jesus Christ. That revival is coming to this nation, God. If we will humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, God. And be sensitive to your voice and the Holy Spirit. But God, it starts right here, right now in our own lives to get back into alignment, to hear what your spirit has to say, to die to our flesh, God, and to hear, Holy Spirit, give us the words that you want to speak to our lives. Scripture says, give me ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say. Ask the Lord that during this fast. God, give me ears to hear what you have to say in this season. I want to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're reconnecting back to the Lord, making Jesus your Lord and Savior. Maybe you say, I need to commit to a fast for whatever reason. I don't even know why, but I feel the Holy Spirit's calling me to the fast. We're going to commit to that fast together, to the Holy Spirit. And I want everybody to say this prayer together so no one's praying it alone. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And Holy Spirit, I say yes to your calling to prayer and fasting over my life, my family, 
my children, and my church for the supernatural to be released in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning. Just ask the Lord, that's all I ask you to do, what is the Holy Spirit saying? And then just respond to Him. And start small and then work your way up. If those of you who have seasoned type, tithers, <laughs> seasoned fasters, then just fast what the Holy Spirit's asking you to fast. And watch and see that He won't move quickly in your life. Amen? Amen. All right, love you all. I'm going to welcome Pastor Paul. Whoop.